you have this anti-system movement. What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. So fixing the present system is not enough. Now there is, of course, a anti-system which is called libertarianism, which means to tear down everything which creates some kind of influence of government into private lives. It's demantling the system. It's dismantling the system. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the horse's mouth. Klaus Schwab, leader, thought leader, political leader of the party of Davos there in Davos, Switzerland, the World Economic Forum, if you're unfamiliar, but most of you probably are. Welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio, powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us. Help fund the movement. Help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode 151. We have now crossed over episode 150, fast approaching a million downloads. I'm very happy about that. To be honest, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I just recorded this entire podcast. Usually we record these and they premiere live at, at 9 p.m. And uh, I recorded entire, an entire podcast and the audio didn't record for some reason. Uh, we got some, some ghosts or some gnomes in the machine here, but... <clears throat> We're going to get right back into the what we were going to do this episode anyway, and, and I got to do it fast. Um, so I'm going to try and get to the end of my my uh, my monologue at the end, if you will, about the uh, you know just the overall general idea that I'm trying to convey in this podcast. But this is a news show for the most part. I've been promising you a news show with some video clips and reels. We are going to start to do more short form content where I just take a clip and do commentary on that clip or a given given thing out there in the in the world, the vast world of the internet. So this is our new show today. Uh, and I got in a bunch of clips uh, queued up for you. And I don't really believe in what's current. I believe in what's relevant. I believe in what's what's necessary, the signal from the noise. I don't care if it was yesterday. I don't care if it was two weeks ago. I don't care if it was a year ago or 10 years ago, 50 years ago. Our news shows, when we bring clips on, we're going to show you the clips that are relevant. Um, nothing better to start off with today than Klaus Schwab saying that libertarianism is the anti-system. It's funny that he he didn't even say MAGA. Or he doesn't even say Republicans or conservatives. or He just goes straight to libertarianism. I thought that was so, so interesting. But anyway, we're moving right along today. Um. Next up is Nikki Haley, and uh, I wanted to share this this clip of Nikki Haley, and this was this was day I just found this clip, but this was days after the attack on Israel by Hamas, and this is Nikki Haley being asked out on the campaign trail about Iran, and she had uh, what some may call a bit of a Freudian slip about her her plans in Iran if elected as the future president of the United States. Um, take a listen. What would you do with Iran if you're president? What would you do? You know, I mean, it's what I said to Netanyahu. Finish them. Finish them. We, this, is, this is enough. They're only going to try and kill us and kill 
Israelis, we've got it. We've got to put an end to this. One more time. What would you do with Iran if you're president? What would you do? You know, I mean, it's what I said to Netanyahu. Finish them. Finish them. We, this, is, this is enough. They're only going to try and kill us and kill Israelis. We've got it. We've got to put an end to this. I mean, these people are so brazen. These neocons, these, these establishment Republican rhino puppets are so brazen. They're so unabashed about their corruption and their, their dishonesty. Um, you know, and then they'll try and come back and cover it up later or retract it or walk it back. But, but on the front end, their first instinct is to be brazen than a motherfucker. And, and this guy's asking her about Iran. You know, she's so caught up in, in Puppetville that she repeats the catchphrase twice. I, I finished them, finished them. I mean, she she just can't even help herself. And she she's so wound up by her donors and, and her, her her puppet masters that she can't even she can't even she can't even remember to, to make it seem authentic, which is why she doesn't seem authentic. She's the she is by far the most bought and paid for um candidate in the field. And uh the next person who seems strikingly unauthentic, inauthentic, excuse me, is Ron DeSantis. He kind of has the same, you know, mannerism about him. And, and Chris Christie's not even a, a bought and paid for. He's the anti, he is the anti-MAGA candidate. He's just out there to, you know, throw shit at the wall and see, see what sticks. Uh, he, he's basically a caricature of, of Republican politics right now. Um, so, but yeah, Nikki Haley, you know, at first, and then she walked this comment back. She goes, oh, well, I meant Hamas. I meant Hamas. But I don't believe her. I think she meant Iran. I think, you know, and like I said before, no matter where you fall on this Iran, on this uh, Hamas-Israel issue, and I'm not creating a false equivalency between the two, like I've said before on the podcast, if you yell death to America, you mean death to me, you mean death to my family, you mean death to my community. We have a problem. And there's no amount of mistakes in the past, whether I agree or disagree, that were done on behalf of America by Americans, by America's leaders, by America's politicians or whoever else. There's no mistake that I will let justify your persecution, prosecution, or execution of Americans in the present. That's not an appropriate response uh, when it comes to repentance or justice or, or you know, reconciliation. It's the same argument they make why we should throw out the Constitution and give up our rights because our founding fathers were white and they had slaves. Well, I'm sorry, American citizenship is just too good of an idea for me to give up for somebody's past mistakes, especially if I have to give it up and come under the subject of your tyranny. If I have to become a serf under liberal Democrat world order, uh, sorry, not doing it. Uh, uh -uh. Okay. It's the same thing here. Do I agree with the, the, the way that the deal went down in the inception of Israel? Do I agree with Zionism? Do I agree with all of Israel's uh, actions? No, I don't. No, I absolutely don't. And the, It's America first. End of story. End of story. I don't have to be, uh, you know, I don't have to support Zionists. I don't have to support Hamas. I don't have to support anybody. Right now, it's America first. 
And that's the end of the story. America first. Now, again, because of our recent past, because of the inception of Israel and the way that the geopolitical situation unfolded, we have very, very deep ties with Israel. Um, and because of that, a lot of the enemies of Israel scream death to America the same way they do death to Israel. Well, now you're looking for a fight and you're going to get one. And that's just the reality. I mean, the, the fight is on. Whether you whether you guys understand it out there or not, that fight is on. And Nikki Haley is getting her wish. The question is, what will American citizens take out of this situation and understanding what we need to vote for come this, this 2024 election cycle? Our platform is, is, is simple for America first. I said it the other day on War Room. Borders, debt, forever wars. Those are our three issues. Their three issues are social equity, democracy, and the environment, climate change. Our three issues are the border, the debt, and forever wars. We don't want an open border. We don't want copious amounts of debt. And we don't want to be engaged in forever wars. And I don't think that we need to be in a, in a forever war with Iran. We're certainly falling into one. And now Iran, you know, the, the whole liberal establishment has lined up Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthis as the three resistance uh, supercells of, of the Iranian threat. And we're going to war right now. Drones, bombs, missiles, the whole thing, back and forth, it's on. I mean, it's on in a way that people don't really understand right now. I mean, we got... We got, we got nuclear submarines out there in the Atlantic Ocean right now making their rounds. Okay, we, we, it's, it's on. And it's going to continue to escalate. And, and you know, that, that's a problem. We need, to, we need to really take a serious step back and think about how we're moving forward on the military front. But Nikki Haley isn't even shy. She didn't even say Hamas. She just went straight to Iran. We're going to finish Iran. What does it mean to finish Iran? 90 million person country. I don't even think she knows what it means. I don't even know if she thinks, if, if she knows what that would look like. She knows what it means for her donors in the military industrial complex that she's shilling and puppeting for. She has no clue what it would look like as a strategic matter for the American military or for the American people, American citizens, or for the people there in the region, for the Iranians, for any of She doesn't know what it would look like. She's just running her fucking mouth. And that's become a problem in this country. It's people getting up in front of microphones just running their fucking mouth. Nikki Haley is the worst. I'm telling you. I, I just can't stand her. And, and again, the, the, the main point here with this whole Israel and Hamas thing is we don't have to agree with anything or everything or anything Israel does. We don't have to agree with Zionism. We don't have to agree with the deal that was done. After World War II, we don't have to de agree with, uh, you know, any of it. When you yell death to America, that's a problem. That's the reality. And at the same time, I do not agree with what Israel is doing right now. I just don't. I'm just going to say, I don't agree. I don't agree with the, what they're doing. I don't agree. If you want to fight, if you're going to fight a war, if you're going to fight a war, Based on your beliefs and your values, you fight that war, you be ready to die for that war. The moment you, the moment you forego the sacred honor of fighting in a way that's noble to achieve a desired outcome, 
you run the risk of scarring your own, you know, scarring your own spirit, scarring your own soul. And it may not come to bear on you right now, but it will come to bear on you in the eternal. And we all got to understand that that's true, at least especially us Christians. That's the reality. I didn't agree to, uh, looking back on it, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, wrong. Not good. Was not good. Open Pandora's box to make war more remote. Not good. And when we surrender over to the technological advancements of, of war to make it more remote so that we don't have to feel that, 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 that sort of visceral spiritual connection to the, to the chaos and the, and the carnage, uh, we're setting ourselves up for Satan. Food for thought. Next video, this one was particularly wild in my opinion. An MSNBC reporter cries when talking to a DC cop about January 6th. Looking back on January 6th, this is uh this is exactly why we continue to talk about race on the podcast, because uh people like this have been bought and paid for to present themselves and their black skin as a voice for black people and even more so equality and justice, racial equality and justice for all American citizens when in actuality they are sellouts. And I'll explain why in a moment, but first, listen to this. I'm gonna try to get through this. Um, thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. One more time. I'm going to try to get through this. Um, Are you going to cry? Thank buddy? you for what you did what three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. I mean, where do they find these guys? Where, do, do, is there is there like a is there like a theater arts or performing performing arts uh, uh, you know enrichment? enrichment course or elective courses that they teach at these mealy-mouthed co collegiate uh, universities, these elitist academic institutions. Is there like some, is there like some under, some minor in, in, in theater and drama that these, that these guys and people are taking? I mean, who, who, who is this fucking guy? And why does anybody take him serious? How do people take him serious enough to justify putting him on primetime television, on a primetime network? I mean, this is a real indictment of the American people. It really is. And what's what's crazy about it is, you know, the 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 the, the threat of optimism that I find in the whole deal is that where I'm from, people don't listen to guys like this, honestly. So I can tell you, he don't represent the black community because I mean, whether we were in grade school or even now today in the barbershop or or at the family cookout or whatever, they, guys like this ain't standing up giving speeches or or. Uh, lectures or, or or even you know small casual talk about their worldview on anything because we don't take them serious because the tone of their voice and the tone of your voice means something the tone of your voice actually matters when you're talking to other human beings of course it does of course the the, the tonal quality of your voice has an impact influences the way that people interact with what you're saying and we don't take this guy serious but they've shoved him down your throat pause no 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 homo 
they've shoved this guy uh, on you, you know, ad nauseum. And people like him. And it's not just him. It's the same on the Fox. I mean, the Fox News Network has two or three mealy-mouthed guys just like this. Effeminate, black men. I'm starting to think it's just a a humiliation ritual. I'm starting to think this is white neoliberals and neocons getting off on on forcing black men to to present themselves as, as feminine in the public. I don't care if they're homosexual or not. I know I know plenty of gay guys who don't talk like that. Honestly. I grew up here in Minnesota. I again, I don't have a problem with the LGBTQ community in principle. Spiritually, ethically, morally, I have my opinion about homosexuality and I'm going to talk a little bit about that more here later. Because I got queued up a clip from Christian Walker, who's the same type of mealy mouth motherfucker as this guy. But the point is, I know plenty of guys who are gay, who are attracted to men, who have sex with other men who don't talk like that. This is a this is a this is a this is a posh elitist cosmopolitan omnisexualism that has manifested and taken root in American politics and in America's um, you know. Uh, pop culture it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and and, then this man's gonna cry about january 6th he wasn't even there he wasn't even affected by he's just crying at the at the thought of the destruction of democracy as 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 he's told to say one he shows that he's not genuine because he wasn't there so his, his emotional connection to it is super uh abstract and and um, transcendental it's just kind of corny for lack of a better term it's corny than a motherfucker but even furthermore the whole narrative around january 6th that democracy was actually in jeopardy is a lie in and of itself it shows that people do not know how the government works how the branches of government actually work they actually believe that 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 even even in the craziest scenario taking hostages that day would have what Given uh, January 6th protesters access to the nuclear codes, I mean, what 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 kind of world are people living in that they think that America was going to come to a screeching halt because some of our elect? I mean, we have a false sense, we have an inflated sense of importance in our politicians and our elected officials, partly because we've created a reality TV culture in American politics that reflects our own aggrandizement of ourselves. And I'm going to get to that later. But before that, I want to show you another clip from this interaction between these two um, that that basically spells out how an incident like January 6th is going to be used to justify globalism and the police state at the same time. Take a listen. And they went there to protest a rigged election. Officer of note, how damaging is it for Trump to label those um, violent riot rioters who were criminally charged and convicted uh, as hostages. The man who attacked you with that stun gun was sentenced to more than, than 12 years in prison. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about those individuals that received those lengthy sentences. They did so because, A, they engaged in an insurrection, uh, but their, their actions that day were violent. And that violence, <clears throat> excuse me, was directed towards law enforcement officers. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's clear that they deserve the sentences that they received. Uh, But by Donald Trump um, referring to them as hostages uh, and uh, speaking about them sympathetically, 
it, he's lending his authority as the former president to their actions. Uh, and he's telling Americans, his supporters, that um, I'm going to continue to support you and I'll do everything I can. And if I become president, I'll even pardon you uh, if you can commit acts of violence on my behalf. What's your response to Republicans, particularly those Republicans who responded to the Washington Post University of Maryland poll, who are you know, growing more sympathetic to the insurrectionists? Uh, I, I don't know what to, what to say to them, and, and quite frankly, I don't think there is anything to say. Um, they've made their decision. You know, we're three years out from the January 6th insurrection. Um, we had the benefit of a uh, bipartisan January 6th select committee investigation, which really rolled out um, the evidence supporting the fact that it was, in fact, an insurrection, that it was intentional, uh, and that it was pre-planned by Donald Trump and members of his administration. Um, if they can't uh, see the facts for what they are, then they have aligned themselves and, and become part of the MAGA insurrectionist Republican Party. Um, you've had I mean, you must get a bonus for as many times as you can say insurrection on, on, on these shows. I don't know, but you know, it must be like uh, one, of, one of those, one of those pay, me, pay me for the buzzword uh, type, type of deals. They're all, and the reason why I showed this clip to bring it all home from the last couple of weeks when I'm talking about the police state. All you back the blue conservatives out there, you deserve what you're gonna get. You deserve it. You might as well pick out your favorite ten numbers, get ready for a gulag or a concentration camp because you're gonna get it. You're going to get it. If you actually think that what happened in China can't happen here, then you probably watch Fox News or you might even watch MSNBC, but you're not America first. You're not MAGA. When, when they put the Uyghur Muslims there in, in, in concentration camps and the whole world goes, oh, but hey, they're Muslims. So, I mean, we all know how radical they can get and we, we've seen it for ourselves. So we don't really mind if you do it to them. But our, our, our president, our elites, they roll out the red carpet for Xi Jinping out there in San Francisco. And then you got cops like this fucking clown going on national television telling you, America first, Donald Trump supporters, that if you have any sympathy whatsoever for the people of January 6th and you think that their sentences may have been uh, selective or political prosecution, uh, then, then you've made your choice. You're now in with the MAGA insurrectionists. Even if, you, even if you have sympathy for what happened to some of the protests, some of the protesters, unquantifiable amount, even if you display any sympathy for what happened to those protesters on January 6th, you're an insurrectionist too. That's what your fucking police are going to do for you, you cuckservative. I can't, every time, it just, it baffles me. It baffles me that you don't see this. You want to make a distinction between the Capitol Police and your everyday local cop in your local community? You go ahead and be my guest. But the reality is going to set in. And hopefully it doesn't set in when it's too late. There's no difference. There's no difference. You want to back the blue What You want to say all the Democrat? Only the Democrat cities are the cops we can't trust, huh? Okay, fine. 
then we can't trust the cops in Minneapolis. That would be Derek Chauvin. We can't trust the cops in, in Los Angeles, which has been Democrat for a long time, all the way back to Rodney King, who I thought, quite frankly, kind of deserved the ass whooping he got because he was speeding at 90 miles an hour. And, you know, the whole deal. If you go on, if you take, if you take cops on a, on a high speed chase and you go on 100 miles an hour, you deserve to get your ass whooped. That's my opinion. Um, probably not kill, but if they beat your ass, I get it because I'd want to beat your ass too. I get pissed off when I see these these new little, you know, I don't know, fast and furious cucks driving in and out, weaving in and out of traffic, putting everybody in danger because it's just, it's just asinine. Um, but, you know, it, it's St. Louis, uh, New York City, bunch of Baltimore, bunch of these places that are Democrat-run, that's always pointed out by the conservatives where a bunch of these you know, a controversial cop incidents happened. If you want to say that it's only the cops in the Democrat cities that we can't trust, well, there's your fucking answer, ain't it? But that's not what you want to say. You want to say back the blue. And I saw it today. I saw a bunch of conservatives on- online today with it in their bio on X or on them. It's just, the, the, you think the cops, who do you people think the police are? This is a guy's a cop. This guy's a fucking cop. And, and he's not far off from the cops that are around you. They're going to follow orders. And the orders are going to come from on high. It's been a long time since the police and the sheriff and the other law enforcement uh, officers and agencies uh, understood their independent o- oath to the Constitution and the people of this great nation. It's been a long time. Long time passed since that existed, if ever. And like our founding father said, I continue to reiterate, if you give up your freedom for security, you will have neither. But more importantly, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve either. We better get real clear about that. This guy's telling you, this is a police officer who told you, (coughs) point blank, the insurrection is one thing. And I I could play the clip for you again, but just go look it up. Go look up MSNBC uh, host gets emotional thinking. Uh, reminiscing about, not reminiscing, recanting January 6th. It's not just the insurrection. The cop says the real reason why those MAGA protesters that got large sentences deserve those sentences is because they engaged in violence against law enforcement officers. And so basically what he's telling you effectively, what he's saying is anytime the corporatocracy can line up law enforcement in between you and them, then you're basically being trapped. You're, you're, you're being, you're being tricked into self, uh, imprisonment, kangaroo courts, conviction, lawfare. That's what he's saying, and that's why I'm. And that's why I tried to stress to you all the the connection between the lawfare against Donald Trump and the overall culture of policing. Now, how many police officers? How many sheriffs? How many? How many law enforcement officers all across the country, throughout all any of the agencies, are going to stand up and 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 protest? Where are the law? Why aren't law enforcement officers protesting right now? Why didn't they protest the vaccine mandates that they all were forced to take? 
Why didn't they? Why aren't they protesting uh, 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 the whole defund the police? Why didn't the cops protest that movement? Why aren't they, they have something better to do? Are you kidding me? I mean, at what point do our law enforcement officers and our military men and women step up and show their their desire to protect what this nation really is, especially if they're going to garner the 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 uh, the you know, the unrelenting support of people that call themselves patriots, American patriots. Where is their patriotism? Where is this man's patriotism? I know he thinks this is patriotic. I mean, that's why they got the mealy mouth uh, collegiate black uh, black guy, uh, you know, asshole to come up there and, and, and pretend that he's crying because they're putting on a the theater like this is patriotic. It's not. It's not. Anybody who even thinks that, again, if you even, you don't even know how the government works. If you actually think that our our republic was was uh, under uh, in danger of of uh, you know uh, being taken over by protesters, it's so soft. The idea itself is so soft; it's almost laughable. It really is. Here's another clip. Here's what happens when your police when your police run amok and your citizens aren't protected by the uniqueness of the American Constitution and a and a tool like the Second Amendment. This this is actually what happens to you. Here we go. Got other specialist teams involved, like our covert online team. We do um, investigate and monitor people who demonstrate and we know show concerning behaviour. If there's anybody out there that knows of someone that might be showing concerning behaviour around, you know, conspiracy theories, anti-government, anti-police, um, conspiracy theories around COVID-19 vaccination, as what we're seeing with the train family, we'd want to know about. We want to know about that. Uh, and you can either contact police directly or, or go through Crime Stoppers. Yeah, we, we are certainly us. not classing it as a domestic terror event um, at this point. There's nothing really to indicate that. Uh, what we can see is uh, sentiment displayed by the three individuals, the three trained mm. family members, that appears anti-government, anti-police, um, conspiracy theorist type things. In all of the social media postings, we'll be looking at uh, who are the other people posting material? Who are the people that own those sites? Uh, where are they located? Um, and, and then we'll go inspect them. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's the Australian police right there. They're telling you. Anti-government, anti-police go together. I don't know how many of you fucking conservatives need to hear it any different than that. If you think what happened in Australia or what's happening in China, happening in, happening in China can't happen in America, then you're living in fairytale land. You probably, you probably... Uh, watch Fox News. You probably listen to Mark Levin. You're not. You're not a part of the War Room Posse, and you may have even stumbled into the War Room Posse. You may have even stumbled in. Uh, you know, uh, fell into uh, some more real pipe hitting America first uh, conversation. But again, if you actually think what happened in Australia and China can't happen here in America, you're living in a delusion. You're not living in reality, and we live in reality in this in this movement. At least, at least if I have something to say about it. Switching gears a little bit, speaking of uh, COVID-19, uh, if I can speak about COVID-19, we have the great Bill Gates, who is a, uh, a, pro, uh, a progenitor of, of incredible vaccine science that we all should trust. And, and uh, we all should trust. We should trust these, these, these vaccine super scientists like Bill Gates. Um, but here he's not even talking about vaccines. He's talking about, um, 
climate change. Remember I said their three issues are democracy, social equity, and the environment, climate change. And uh, here's Bill Gates being called to the mat about the hypocrisy of his position as messenger for the great Mother Earth Gaia movement. Here we go. Are you the right messenger on this? Because you fly private planes a lot and you're creating a lot of greenhouse gases yourself. Yeah, I probably have one of the highest greenhouse gas footprints of anyone on the planet. You know, my, my kind of personal flying uh, alone is gigantic. It, it's, kind, it's kind of ironic. Coop can't even help himself. Coop goes, you, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic. It's, it's not ironic. It's unironic. It's unironic, Coop. The whole thing is a scam. When, when, when your messenger boy, when, when your poster boy, when your poster, poster guy, your hero of, of climate science is, is the one flying around on, on, you know, 747 private jets, it's not ironic. It's unironic. The thing is a scam. And your messengers are, are full of shit because the message is full of shit. It's part of the same line of thinking that because we are doing something that that is a mistake or is is harmful, is whether it's to the environment or whether it's to to black people or whether it's to 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 the cows or the or the the sea turtles or the 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 wild puppies or boars or whoever it is that that we should accept persecution, prosecution, and in some cases execution from other people who point it out who stand on high and virtue signal against us, like Bill Gates, like we're supposed to eat crickets and bugs and, 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 and fart less because you want to save the planet? Fuck you. You don't want to save the planet. You're putting more carbon emission into the air on a yearly basis than hundreds and thousands of people combined, not just a single individuals. And even more importantly, let's talk about this. If on a moral and ethical basis, we're not going to listen to Bill Gates as a messenger, something that discredits him. It ain't got nothing to do with his carbon footprint. It's got to do with him palling around with Jeffrey Epstein. And I'm not saying that everybody who ever came into contact with Jeffrey Epstein is guilty of pedophilia or sexual deviancy. But what I am saying is when you look at the overall anti-human edifice of Bill Gates's life work with computers and robotics and globalism and medicine and whatever else, it starts to paint a pretty clear picture about what a person like him would be doing with a Jeffrey Epstein. It screams pedophilia. And if that's not enough, I mean, just look at the picture of the guy. Uh, I'm an ad hominem guy. You know, I just like I'm criticizing the guy's voice from MSNBC, I'm going to go ahead and criticize this man's look. This man looks like a pedophile. He fits a description. He looks like a creep. Now, are there people who are ped pedophiles who, who don't look like this? Of course. Absolutely. There are people who are pedophiles who don't look creepy at all. But if I had to pick a guy out of a lineup, if you just showed me this picture and I didn't know he had a $100 billion fortune from a computer software empire, I'd say you got to watch him around your kids. I'm just saying. Okay, moving on. want to get through some of these. Oh, the next one really hurts my heart. Because you all know I love music. I love, the, I love music and I love movies. And there are going to be a lot of movie scene clips and music in my radio show premiering 
next Monday on the John Fredericks Radio Network. Um, and that show will be premiering at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, so that's going to be 9 p.m. Central. We may move the starting time of Please Call Me Crazy so that people can watch the podcast and listen to the radio show after if that's what they want to do. But anyway, that's coming. The Royce White Show is coming to the John Fredericks Radio Network next Monday, January 15th. And there's going to be a lot of music and movies and, and other great things in the show. I'm excited about it. I hope you are. I hope you'll tune in and listen if you're in the areas where the John Fredericks Radio Network is available. Um, I may move to Jason Whitlock's uh, hour. I may move to the 6 o'clock slot um, because, hey, maybe there needs to be a little competition in that in that block. Um, my point in bringing that up is I, I love music and I love movies, and um, it it really pains me that many of our great talent and stars in, in America, but all around the world have gotten swept up into this global, this globalist initiative and, and, and narrative. Um, it pains me. And again, we can never discredit what people have done and accomplished based on their flaws. That's the, that's the, that's the thinking that they use to discredit the American constitution and our constitutional rights. We don't need to discredit when people make a brilliant piece of music or a brilliant film. We need to discredit them when it, when it comes to the, the, the politics or morals or ethics, when they show themselves to be uh, politically corrupt, uh, immoral, or, uh, or unethical. And I use LeBron James as an example. The other day I saw a clip of LeBron James at 40 years old, having just turned 40 years old, Take a ball, get a rebound, take the basketball the full length of the court, and and take off a foot in front of the free throw line for somebody his size, about a foot in front of the free throw line, and and jam the basketball, dunk the basketball. Absolutely incredible for a man forty years old. It's like a it's like a medical miracle. It needs to be studied by scientists. It's an anomaly. It's just you know from an athletic standpoint, it's it's almost it's almost it's surreal. It really is. And I should be able to say that and give that credit where it's due from an athletic standpoint in the interest of bearing the truth and speaking the truth about LeBron James in a basketball context and say what he's doing is incredible. He's actually playing some of the best basketball I've seen him play in his entire career. And at the same time, say any time that he's not playing basketball and he's talking about politics or culture, he's full of shit. The two things can, 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 can be true. Both things can be true, and both things should be said with this with the same amount of of of, uh, of commitment. Let's say um, conviction. Yeah, full of shit. There's no amount of basketball. There's no amount of there's no amount of points, rebounds, assists, uh, minutes, championships, MVPs. Uh, you know. Olympic gold medals, uh, no amount of accolades whatsoever are going to force me to hold my tongue about a man who stands up on stage under the spotlight at the podium and shills for globalism, Democrats, and, and the CCP, totalitarian governments, especially when they persecute Muslims, especially when they put people in concentration camps. There's no amount of accolades that would, that would let, let me, make me hold my tongue for that. But I can still say that what he's doing basketball-wise is incredible. 
Both things are true. Speak the truth. Here's a clip of Barbara Streisand, who they've obviously, I don't know, maybe they've, maybe they compromised or maybe they have something on her. I, I don't really know. I start to think that they have stuff on these people. Um, but, you know, Barbara Streisand had an incredible movie career. She's had an incredible music career. Here's Barbara Streisand. I like Biden. Mm-hmm. I like Biden. I think he's done a good job. I think he's compassionate. He's smart. Oh, he's so smart. He supports the right things. Like the, like How do you feel about bill. the specter of a second Trump administration? I will move. I can't live in this country if that's if he became president. But where would you go? Where would you go? If Probably you're not to England. Mm-hmm. I like England. Of course, of course. Run, run back to the crown. Um, you know, Joe Biden. He's so he's, he's he stands for the right things. You know, like like the crime bill. And he's so smart, so intelligent. Um, I mean, this is this, this again, this is this elitist, posh, omnisexual, cosmopolitan, uh, celebrity, celebrity worldview. And, and to be, to first off, Barbara Streisand, incredible voice, incredible music career, good Hollywood acting career as well. Looks high as hell right there. Maybe she's just old. I don't know. Maybe she's not not all there. I don't know. But anybody who would say that Joe Biden's done a good job is full of shit. We know Stephen Colbert's full of shit. And I I just don't I I, I don't know how they where do they keep finding these people. I mean I I know what the, I know what the motive is. The motive is it's easy to come out on the stage and say the thing that that people can you know readily get behind, uh, and that's a way to keep me relevant or in the good graces of the establishment and the people who cut the checks. I get it. I get it. It's safe. It's safe. Um, but this is what happens when you, when you, for all the Barbara Streisands out there who would probably identify themselves as feminists or at least women's rights advocates, here's what you get when you, when you play that game. You play stupid games and you win stupid fucking prizes, Barbara. Any fight that is anti-trans is also misogynist. Any fight that is anti-trans people is also generally anti-woman. And I'll tell you why, there's a very simple through line. And if you've been a feminist your whole life, you probably get this already. I, as a trans person, certainly understand it. Most human beings have been conditioned in such a way that they cannot separate two concepts. Quote, there are only two genders and quote, one gender is better than another. So the world is only filled with men and women and men are better than women. That is all one like smushed up concept in people's minds. And any fight that is anti-trans is also a fight for big quote energy, traditional gender roles. Mm. Be very suspicious of anyone that tells you they are a feminist that is also anti-trans. They are lying. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, Barbara. This is what happens when you allow your words to mean nothing. When you allow yourself to be co-opted for political purposes that are, in some cases, probably unbeknownst to you. This is what happens when you're not careful and thoughtful and, and intentional, as they would all say, with how your, your image is used uh, in, in cultural conversations. You get a man telling you, first off, I want to say, I'm, I'm suspicious 
I'm suspicious of men who wear blouses with the chest cut out with chest hair who have artificial boobs and mascara. I'm, a, I'm suspicious of those motherfuckers. Um, but these are the same people who have now successfully convinced an institution like the American Boxing Association to allow trans men to box with women um, professionally. I mean, I'm just going to take you to the next clip because I want to talk about all of this in conjunction with, with, with one another. Because there's a lot of cultural wedge issues, you know. It's, it, there's this cultural wedge. There's an infinite amount of cultural wedge issues. But, but this this dynamic between men and women, this this is the part we really got to iron out. And this is why I say we live in a cuck society. Mostly, I'm, I mean that we've been cucked by our institutions and our our elites. But the underlying cause is that men have either cucked for their women in a more individual and romantic sexual purpose and, and allowed themselves to be basically bullied politically uh, and, and as, as citizens, um, but also that there are men who have placed women and women's rights as a wedge issue in front of other men to bully them into submission for these Democrat and liberal politics and, and by way of these globalist uh, politics and this globalist agenda. Um, but I, I wanted to show that clip and I wanted to show it in conjunction with this next clip because these are two sides of the same coin. I remember, you know, I've I, I said before, I, I'll say again, there's a bracket on the American political spectrum. It's not just the uniparty of the, the moderate centrists. Uh, the, the uniparty also exists on the fringe, on what they would call the fringe at the extremes. And there you saw a leftist who's obviously extreme, I mean, Nothing's more extreme than wearing a pink blouse with your chest hair sticking out, saying that you're, you're a woman or portraying yourself as a woman when you're a man and then talking about how men and women should, should behave about men and women issues. That's fucking extreme. But here's another extreme. This one, conservative. This is conservative influencer, I think they would call, people call themselves influencers. Christian Walker, who basically railroaded Herschel Walker, his father, in his Senate can, uh, campaign against Raphael Warnock there in Georgia that would ultimately lead to the Senate winning the majority, uh, or the D Democrats winning the majority in the Senate. Um, and, you know, a pure smear campaign, a character assassination on Herschel Walker, and uh, this is a guy who has a substantial uh, following. This video here, as you can see, if you're watching, has 72,000 likes, which on Instagram is viral um, for sure. 25,000 shares, 3,500 comments. By all metrics, this is a viral piece of content. And I just want you to hear the two sides of the same coin uh, on, the, on the extremes of, of the political spectrum uh, not not just at the moderate center where the Nikki Haley's and Joe Biden's hang out. Here we go. 
When men are like, well, what do I get in return for paying for dinner? Baby boy, you get to be in her presence. If you want things, go date a man. You need to be dating a man. The problem with a lot of straight guys is they don't like women. I'm not attracted to women, but I think I like women more than a lot of these guys. There have been wars fought over women. There's countries where a man can't even be in the same room with a woman who he isn't related to. That's how powerful and strong and desirable and valuable femininity and womanhood is. And, and men in the West are like, well, what am I getting in return for holding the door open for you? You get to be around her. You do things for her to convince her that you're a protector, a provider, you're safe, and she spends time with you. And in return, you get to be around her. You want a provider? Date men. I can give you a lot of advice on that if you need that. You shouldn't be dating women. If you want things in return, if simply being around her isn't enough for you, you're dating the wrong woman or the wrong gender. That's it. This is ridiculous. Is this ridiculous? <laughs> no, you're fucking ridiculous. That entire video is ridiculous. What's more ridiculous is that 72,000 people actually liked it. That's fucking ridiculous. Even more so, the premise is ridiculous that men should do any and everything for women simply to be around them. To be around them is the, is the bonus, is the payment, is the reward, is, is, is our end of a, 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 of a, a reciprocal relationship with women as men. This is the cuck society that we've built. And I told you before, there are cucks who actually bend the knee to their women in their individual relationships or their own individual romantic and sexual pursuits. And then there are men who use women like this guy is uh, to push their own political agenda, which I can't quite make out what, what this guy's is really other than seems to be trying to convince men that they should be dating other men and not women, which is convenient for him because obviously he likes men which he says in the video it makes the whole thing very disingenuous to begin with. But let's, let's talk about the dynamic between the men and women, because what he's also doing is he's misrepresenting a very important movement in, in America right now, where men are not saying that they don't want to hold the door open unless they get something out of it. What they're saying is, men are expected to uphold the traditional gender role of men in relation to women, and they're not getting traditional women out of it. Simple concept. Men have, we, we have accepted culturally that men will carry on, will carry, will move forward carrying the financial burden and responsibility of romantic and sexual pursuits, but in return, not get traditional women in those romantic and sexual pursuits. And that is the case. I mean, that is what's, that's, that's what's happened. And I saw a video the other day, I mentioned this, I saw a video of a woman saying, that, uh, she was talking about living in LA and the cost of, of personal care, beauty, beauty care in LA. And I think she said something like nails that you have to do two times a month is $200 each, so it's about $400 a month. Your eyelashes, about $400 a month, two times a month. And your hair, you know, every two weeks is about, uh, I don't know, 2000 So it, it ends up being $2,800 a month just for those three beauty 
costs. Three thousand dollars. I mean, the delusion that women are living in is is almost it's it's almost unbelievable. And it does have a it does bear heavily on the American political process. These two things are not disconnected from one another at all. In fact, it may be the root issue. It may, in fact, be the root issue, and because women have been the linchpin of Democrat politics and the Marxist agenda since time immemorial. That's always who they go to first because the divide in the culture is so stark. The divide between women and men, the divide between the, 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 the natural divide between men and women is so obvious, it's so easy to draw upon to create and stoke division. But the two are living in two completely different worlds, and we're slowly starting to have men pull women back into the reality of, of financial responsibility and fiscal responsibility, something that has been projected on our political elites and our political process when it comes to a thing like the debt. Our lack of fiscal responsibility is a projection from a, a delusional culture around money. A delusional culture around money that's been been completely disanchored by this whole fiat, fiat currency, uh, you know, fiat currency, crony capitalist, corporatist, uh, stock bonds, and you know all of this bullshit. We're living in a financial fairy tale, and that's at the high level. I mean, we could talk about the Federal Reserve, but let's go down to the people on the street. Let's go talk to the boots on the ground and talk about why they've accepted this Ponzi scheme. Well, they've accepted the Ponzi scheme because it seems to be working for them because in some strange stretch of the imagination, of our imagination, your average family, your average nuclear family, your average family combined can't put $500 cash together together in a, in a crisis, can't put together $500 cash in a crisis but somehow affluent women are able to spend $2,800 a month on their hair, nails, and, and eyelashes. What the fuck are we talking? Somebody's lying. Something's going, something is, something's not right here. The math ain't mathing. But most importantly, the thought process is, is ugly. It really is. Number one, women. Nobody. No men really give a shit about your nails, your lashes, and your hair. I mean, that, that, that should be said from the outset. No, men, we don't care. And, and you say you're doing it for your man, and then you say you're doing it for yourself, but really you're doing it to compete with other women. And, and you know, that, that, that part I get, whether consciously or subconsciously, women are competing with other women the same way men are competing with other, competing with other men. But the, the real truth is the whole the whole deal becomes a, a sort of inconvenience for us anyway, not only from a financial standpoint, but from a practical standpoint. Oh, my hair is done. I don't want to get my hair wet. I don't want to get my hair. I don't want to mess my hair up. I, you know, my nails just done. I don't want to make certain food. Or I don't want to have to clean the house because I just messed up my nails or, or my lashes. You know, what, whatever the deal is, it, it really just becomes a thing that men have to tiptoe around. When if you had your natural nails, your natural lashes, and your natural hair, nobody would care. I mean, if you really think, I mean, imagine, imagine you live in a world where women say they don't want to be physically and sexually objectified, and yet 
they place this huge financial expectation on men or on themselves even to keep up their image, the way they look. But then they tell men, I don't want you to only look at me for the way I look. Well, when I have to spend $3,000 a fucking month on it, that is what I'm going to be doing. That, that I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be doing a lot of looking. If I got to spend $3,000 a month on just your nails, lashes, and hair, I damn well better be able to look. And look in part better be important because it's costly. I mean, the idea that, the, that that's basically saying that the money doesn't matter. And that's a culture that we've we've gone bonkers with in this country. Don't objectify me. Is it? It's. It, it's not just about looks. Well, then why are you spending three thousand dollars on your looks? And look at the difference in cost from men to women. And and just men, we just cut our nails. Okay, we cut our nails ourselves. Okay, we don't do our eyelashes. We don't get facials. Barbers, uh, a good haircut costs you about thirty dollars, forty dollars. Maybe a hundred on the high side, not two thousand dollars a month. It's fucking ridiculous. Toes, we cut our toenails. We don't. We don't get pedicures, manicures. Some of us don't. Some of us do. But even that, you know, even without all of the the glitter and the fucking paint and all this, just to get your nails done, you know, actually filed down and and, and done the right way professionally, ain't that expensive? So for men collectively to pay to keep women's looks at the forefront or a priority and then to turn around and tell us that the looks don't matter. What kind of fucking racket is that? Hypocrisy. It's irrational. It's illogical. It's incoherent. It doesn't make sense. And then we look around at the world and go, well, why does the shit we do in the world not make sense? Well, half of us ain't even operating with with any rationale. We're not even operating in, in reality. We're in fantasy land. And then there's a good portion of guys who will do it to make make matter to add insult to injury. And then there's a good portion of guys who don't even have a stake in the fucking game like this Finocchio, and he's telling us that we should do it or that we should go date men. Men should spend three thousand dollars a month on a woman's lashes, hair, and nails or go or just give up and go date men or be alone? No, what these men are doing is they're going to other countries who have a different culture, a different cultural, um, what do I want to say, a different, a different cultural view about a thing like money because they come from a country where they have far less than we do. And they're going to get women there who will actually accept the traditional role of women just for a man who will protect them and who will provide for them with little to no fuss. Because to her, she understands the actual value of being in America and living under a man who can provide those basic necessities. She doesn't give a shit about her nails, her hair, and her lashes. That's not even a, that's a, that's, that's a luxury so far down the road. When these guys are going, these passport bros who, you know, again, I don't, I'm not saying that that's the, 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 the final answer and end all be all. But I am saying I understand what, where, where they're coming from. They're going to find women 
who think differently about about the dynamic between men and women, and even more importantly, the financial the, the financial dynamic. So no Christian Walker, three snaps in a Z, Ron DeSantis following, Christian Walker kicked me out of a Twitter space because I said we don't want these guys who are part of the, the, the Yale sort of yuppie Ivy League elite skull and bones crowd, and that is exactly who Christian Walker is, and it says something about who he is. In my opinion, maybe the, maybe there's no connection, but we certainly need to consider it. Why do these type of guys always go for the Ron DeSantis's or the Nikki or whoever it is? Why? Why are they always crying on television? My, my point is, again, this dynamic between men and women, we have to sort out. And we have to sort it out right here right now. No, what men are saying is if we're going to take on the responsibility of a traditional male role, which includes the financial responsibility of being the provider, of being the, the, the financial security in the relationship or in the household, we expect to get a traditional woman in return. And if you can't meet that criteria, you don't get to define traditional how you want to. You don't get to say traditional in one sense and let it go out the window in the other when it's convenient for you. That's hypocrisy. And it's the same hypocrisy that has seeped through the entire American political culture. And we see it right now when you fucking feminist Me Too activists are pro-Democrat knowing they're pro-China when they're throwing Uyghur Muslim women and children and little girls in concentration camps and raping them and killing them and, and doing God knows what to them. And you're pro-China, you're pro-Gavin Newsom, you're pro-Nancy Pelosi, you're pro-Joe Biden, you're pro-China, but you're a woman's rights activist and a Me Too act. Get the fuck out of here. You're getting fake hair from the Uyghur Muslims, and I'm supposed to buy this shtick from you all? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I'm the one of the few pop politicians who's got a pair of balls who will tell you about it. I don't give a shit. Don't vote for me if that's what you, if that's the, if that's what you need to do. But real leaders don't lie to the people that they're trying to lead. They tell them the truth, even when it's tough. Like the great Steve Bannon says, all the easy answers, all the easy choices are behind us now. By our own doing. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio, empowered by our favorite sponsor, TireGate.com. That's TireGate.com. You all have to buy tires from somebody. Might as well buy them from us. Help fund the movement. Help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement. That's exactly what the establishment wants to take from us now. I'm your host, Royce White, here from the Belly of the Beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Episode 151. I will be starting the Royce White Show on the John Fredericks Radio Network January 15th. That's this coming, not this today, but next Monday um, at, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Look for a change in the in the premiere time of Please Call Me Crazy. We will be continuing the podcast and the radio show uh, each week, so there won't be any change with the podcast on that front. We might even do the Royce White Show on Saturday evening prime time, which would be a mixture of radio and podcast. Um, so look forward to that. Go to freepeopleradio.com to figure out where to watch and listen to the podcast, as well as follow us on social media. Visit the store through freepeopleradio.com. Or you can go to freepeopleradio.store directly. Got a lot of merchandise and things 
on there from the podcast. Um, go to RoyceWhite.us to see my fight against Amy Klobuchar, who Nikki Haley resembles so much. I mean, she just so resembles Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley and Amy Klobuchar are the same person. They really are. They really are. Uh, and the sooner we understand that, the sooner we can start to save this republic. That's it for me. I appreciate your viewership and listenership today and in the future. The fight continues, and as always, Godspeed.